Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. Rana is well-known as an inspiring speaker and coach focused on empowering can-do, time-is-now, and take-action messaging. Rana, welcome to the Art of Seeing Clearly. Thank you again for spending your time and some of your energy to help us learn a little bit about um, how you can give us back energy and how we can be better leaders, entrepreneurs, um, staff members uh, within our community and within our, our world of, of, of where we are within each, all of our little specialties. And what you do is uh, it, it's beyond borders. It's not this business, that business, this, you have mm-hmm. kind of encompassed anybody who needs your help, your services, guidance. Um, and I really look forward to diving into that Let's with you it. and picking your brain a little bit. So originally, um, you are you from South Dakota? I grew up in Okaboji, Iowa. Oh, kind of near, near and dear to my heart. Is it? Yeah. Awesome. I got in a good, healthy dose of trouble there as any good Okaboji native should. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so do you still have family there? I do. My okay. Parents are still okay. Yep. Well, yep. we'll be there this weekend and uh, eventually be, I think we'll get to the Okaboji games at the end of the month. Oh, so, excellent. So if you go, yes. if, you're, if you're there. So yes. last year was my first year. I know we're digressing a little from our topic, but That's it's okay. no one, if our listeners have never been to, to Okaboji, Iowa, number one, they should. Yep. And uh, so Raina is from there. So, I mean, another great reason to go. Yep. And it's just, it's a super fun place. So, so yeah. fun. Lots of good memories. So your, how'd you get to SDSU then? South Dakota State University for college. I ran track. Ah, so you ran then you still run now. It's still part of your life. 
Okay. Yes. Good. Yes. So SUSU and health and human performance, particularly mm -hmm. exercise physiology. Yep. Yep. Um, like what fueled your interest in that? I think it was just a lifetime of athletics, okay. honestly, right? Okay. Um, athletics was my jam in high school. Um, I loved the outdoors, obviously, yeah. growing up in Okaboji. So anything that had to do with recreation and activity and you know this really well too, that being outside is so good for us. Absolutely. So, so good for us. We need healthy doses of nature on the daily to just center our energy and our spirit and our soul and all those good things. So, so when it's, when it's, you know, minus 20 out, did you really get outside for like a nanosecond? <laughs> like, hmm, so what should you do outside when it was minus right. 20 last week? Right. Yeah. So, uh, that that kind of brought your interest there. Yet, how does that transform into your career where you're at now? I mean, that yeah. seems a very specific science base. What was yeah. your hope at that time that you were yeah. thinking you were going to do? Yeah. At that time, I thought I would teach and coach, okay. honestly. That's, okay. that's what, and that's and what you're I still did. teaching and coaching now, just in a different way. <clears throat> so you started off teaching and coaching, though? I did. Athletics? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I sure did. And uh, that was so rewarding. Right. So rewarding. What ages were you? Oh, high school, high school, high school. Okay. Yeah. Super rewarding. Um, loved girls volleyball, girls track, okay. uh, helping them find themselves as young women or keep themselves on the straight and narrow as young women mm -hmm. and helping people really come together as a team. Mm -hmm. Girls come together. as. I a see team. some themes happening here. Yes, definitely big themes. Um, also did a lot of personal training and fitness okay. instruction in the gym okay. uh, and realized it wasn't going to pay all that great. <laughs> there there are those things when we go to school for those certain things, things that, that lead to, to alterations in yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah, so you keep okay. going and you realize that there's a bit of a plateau there. And also I wanted more. There's how, more. How long did you uh, teach and coach then at the high school level? It was probably about six years. Okay. Yeah. And okay. then I went back to graduate school and okay. really appreciated the journey of getting your undergraduate, go work for a while, then go back to school. Because there's just a bit of a wisdom and a maturity mm -hmm. that you get a little more out of that graduate mm -hmm. school experience. Better questions, better, better. thoughts. <laughs> you know, you're in a different place too when you, when you end up doing those a little bit beyond yeah. um just kind yeah. of going straight through yeah. so you wanted more you thought there was more what was that what was that more what was pushing you what was that like inner like that mm, that just something like there's got to be more out there there's just something there's something did you way. know what the path was mm -hmm. for you or like you know, that's a great question. And at the time, I think that the path was to go into college teaching and college. Okay. So graduate. So you're just going to go bigger and better and in the same yeah, direction. Same industry. Let's just go bigger and better there. Okay. Um, and what I found was um, there is through school, through that education experience. I also had a graduate assistantship in the ex-phys lab and with the track and cross country team Okay. in graduate school. So through those experiences, <clears throat> my professor kind of introduced me to what it meant to be in the corporate world, hmm. taught me a little bit about business. And his background was in the supplement industry, 
which is big business, right? And when, what kind of time frame was that? This is like 2000. 2000. Okay. 2000. Which is when that's really starting to it did. take off. It did. Yeah. So um, he, he just kind of opened my eyes to this other world of athletics and sports and performance that was okay. there. So here's where things really got spicy is you graduate and you're broke, right? Amen. I just, uh, right. I just needed a J-O-B. <laughs> For years. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed a J-O-B. So I came back to Sioux Falls um, and I met my husband in graduate school. So we moved to Sioux Falls here and I got a job at Avera, Avera okay. Health. Okay. And at the time I thought I am really selling out here. I'm going from athletics and performance into helping sick people be well. Well, I was pretty much dead wrong on that. I started a very part-time position in Avera Corporate Health Services. Okay. So the goal was going out into companies and delivering occupational health, safety, and well-being. And that's where I turned from the sports athletics into corporate athletes and really got a great appreciation for what it means to be a industrial athlete, a corporate athlete. And what does, see, I would, what, what do you yeah. mean by a corporate athlete? What does that mean? Yeah. An industrial athlete. It's yeah. like, well, it's kind of, it seems like an oxymoron on how yeah. I'm thinking. Describe that. Yeah. That so mean? your industrial athletes are really those workers that are in physical labor jobs. Okay. Right. Think about it. Yes. <clears throat> they need a level of physical fitness. They need a level of mental grittiness and toughness. Um, they and need they a, need to do it safely. And they need to do it very safely. They need to do it smart. They need to be efficient. So you just take that whole mind, body, spirit that you see in a great athlete, mm -hmm. whether that's on the basketball court, the football field, the track in the pool, wherever that is. And it just translates into a different playing field. And the playing field happens to be construction, landscaping, um, architecture. Um, the gal who greeted me at your front desk, she's, the cl she's a classic corporate athlete. She's happy, she's fulfilled. She knows what it means to perform well. Um, clearly you've got a team that takes care of themselves. You can feel the well-being and the culture when you walk into your, into your business. So just like a coach has to create the right environment and the right level of leadership or coaching for their people to thrive. Um, so do us as leaders. So all I did was flip the playing field mm -hmm. and loved it, completely fell in love with it. And you know what else was really fascinating so you ask what was underneath you? What was that drive? What was that go? Like what's in there? It's because my purpose is a better way. There's always a better way. We can do better. There's more. There's potential in each of us that we aren't tapping into that we don't even know is there. This is why coaches and mentors are so beautiful because they see things in you. They see greatness in you that you don't even see in yourself, right? That's... That's and it, what we do. And I'm not sure if this is I'm, good coaches also help you guide people. It's like, there's got to be like you were originally. It's like, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something there. Yeah. And to try to like guide them to find whatever that mm -hmm. might be. I think as a 
leader or an entrepreneur or someone, I'm constantly, yes, what else is out there? What's there's, I'm always like, there's gotta be more, there's more to me. Mm -hmm. How do I get to that more? How do I become who I think I can be? Cause Mm -hmm. this isn't going to be me forever. Yeah. I know there's more to happen and more to come. I just don't know what that is yet. How do you guide somebody like Mm -hmm. that process? And I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to actualize it yet. I think given steps Mm -hmm. and consistency, Mm -hmm. I could get there. So what would you say to that? Yeah. You know, um, a great, great place to start. Let's just come back to that purpose piece, which is a bit of a buzzword these days, but for honestly, a really good reason. Um, many, many years ago in school, in that uh, undergraduate coursework, you you learn about when it comes to helping people find and perform their best in life, because work is part of life, right? Like there really is no such thing as work life. It There's life and work is a part of that. But what you do is you find people's passions and their purpose. And when you help someone uncover that for themselves, when you start to find the sparkle in their eye or that thing that lights them up, um, gives them uh, energy, you start to help people step into a new level of self, a new level of go. That is just beautiful. It almost makes me tingle because it's, it's like such a I, I think that's why I find these these podcasts so interesting. Yeah. And and meeting someone like you is so interesting because you're saying something about a little different industry and what you're doing. And that's kind of you get this endorphin high off of helping people self-actualize and see themselves better. And I feel like that's almost exactly what I'm doing. You are. I'm doing it just a little differently. In right. and, and I get an endorphin high mm-hmm. off of helping people find a little sparkle in themselves, mm-hmm. see the world a little. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> Brain split. But we're all here to serve. Oh, we all serve. Yes. We all have passions and we all have um, gifts and unique strengths and talents. And we get to bring them out in all of these fun, different ways. But at the end of the day, it's about helping people be great people. Hmm. Helping people be great people. So what do you think? Have you ever thought of that professor back at, you know, like what would have happened if he, that person hadn't been oh. in your life at that time? But I also think that's life. People are in your life at a certain time. You just have to recognize it. Aren't they though? Yeah. Oh, that's so well said. You have to see it. Yeah. You have to see it and you have to have the capacity to be able to see it. Um, I don't know. Would I be on the same path? Would I be in the same place? Would I be making the impact that you feel you need to yeah. for people? Great question. Any particular, that could have been a, a positive, you know, you know, move to help move you in the direction you need to go. Yeah. Was there any possible hardship or challenge that also ended up moving the needle for you in a certain way, like guiding you? Because those also guide us where we need to go that might have like gave you a little push. And maybe not, but mm-hmm. there's always positive and and I won't say negative influences, but challenges that end up changing how we think and where we end up moving. Yeah. And if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be here. Right. Yeah. Because the hard things define us and help us find clarity as well. So you asked, how do you help people, you know, navigate and, and find their next best level? Well, one of the questions that you ask people about is what was hard in life? And what did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. And that gives you more clarity about where you want to go and what you want to do. Um, for certain, a a few experiences in my 
you know, about 14, 15 years at the city of Sioux Falls. Yes, you were there for a a lengthy, long time, lengthy time. Yes, really serving in an entrepreneur role, right? Um, Very entrepreneurial there. I think that's the first time I've actually read that word. Was today when I was preparing entrepreneur. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, it's the same as an entrepreneur. The only thing is you are doing that only inside the walls of your organization. Um, so you're that, you know, sometimes a challenger to disrupt the way that we do things typically inside our organization. You are potentially that creative type who's seeing solutions in a completely different way, which is very characteristic of an entrepreneur, mm-hmm, right? There's just a little mm-hmm. different tilt you know what I mean? You totally know what I mean. There's I a little, different, little yeah. different creativity to it. Um, and you're a little quicker pace. You've got this energy and this desire to have fast action and fast movement. And so you can help kind of move projects and thinking along initiatives, even entire functions or operations of an organization that you're able to help lift it up, make it a little bit bigger, better, and move it forward a little quicker kind of moving into that that time frame where you were um, with the city I know you took on a role um, you'd already been working there for a long time with chief culture officer and I could see you know a role like that being like you said transformative but also a little disturbing potentially for kind of trying to like how do we shake up yeah this organization is let's be real anything in politics i mean it's a business it just is. like any business it is. you you have the same concepts and and difficulties and you've got um finances and you've got hr and you've got all these things that you still have to make run was that um and disruptors i will say use that word you're kind of that entrepreneur yeah. as a disruptor yeah. did you feel that that role had its um kind of had its magic needed specifically at that time and was able to be transformed after that. I I just, did you accomplish what you wanted to? Yes, I did. I absolutely did. Um, you know, prior to being into the role of chief culture officer, I would say I was holding that space for the organization before that role, mm-hmm. very focused on mm-hmm. employee well-being, health and safety, very focused on talent development. What is our talent strategy, you know, in the organization? How are we creating leaders who create great environments? Um, and that that disruptive work was kind of uphill 24-7, 365, very different thinking. So through those years of experience and learning how to kind of navigate that organization, you knew which, you learned which levers to pull, which levers Mm -hmm. to pause on, which way to push, which way to hold back. And so I think, you know, at the time then I was so honored. I mean, how, how lucky am I to be appointed by the mayor's office into a chief culture officer position? So what helped me to be successful in that role were those years of experiencing and knowing how to navigate and building relationships. If you hadn't already been there for how long, you probably wouldn't have been able it to wouldn't have worked. nuances, navigating. No. It really So for the worked. small time that you actually held that quote unquote title, yeah. you had been building all that Absolutely. respect and trust and knowledge of which lever to push, who can, you know, who, where, how do I get this done to be effective for what we're needing? And just wow. giving those healthy yeah. doses of creativity and new energy along the way. So once in that role, um, 
really had a lot of fun working Mm. with that upper leadership team to go, what's next? Challenge you now. Let's move. Let's go. What was something like that you, you know, you bring learning to so many other people, but what within that time frame did you learn? Oh, like oh. something you're like, this was a lesson I learned. <laughs> Let me count the ways. Oh my goodness. Where do we even like which one? Yeah. I was just gonna say which Where we need episode two going yes, on here. So. Absolutely. <laughs> uh multiple. I would say there were multiple in inside the organization, but because that role was also more outward facing, where for yeah. all of those years I was really focused on the inside. So there, there was more outside opportunity. But at that time, um when the pandemic had just happened. Boom. So like you get appointed and I think in the fall of 19 and yeah. then boom. So boom. welcome to COVID world and sitting in the emergency operations center, working with a team of colleagues on how do we keep the city up and running while the directors, Mayor Paul, Chief of Staff Erica Beck, are out collaborating with all of our community leaders. And so, still trying to get the program that you're yes. there to help make happen and yeah. run yeah. going. What's something you're proud of that happened out of that, you know, that time frame where you were chief culture officer? Oh, what, what's something like, I'm proud of that? I am super, super proud of helping our team stay healthy, strong. And I mean that from a mental standpoint and a a remaining and keeping the fire of a public servant lit for them. What greater time than now for us to be public servants? No greater time for us. Let's rally on this opportunity to help our community absolutely move through this with great, great, greatness. So I'm, I'm sitting here with my hands up against my temples because I'm just like awestruck by, by, you know, so proud of that, the words and, and things that happen behind the scenes that, I mean, we're just so not aware of. And I also am a firm believer in, you know, our professional and personal lives, you know, kind of need to be filled with that healthy lifestyle. You've talked a lot about well-being. So how do you incorporate that well-being philosophy? We'll kind of get out of that specific time frame and more into the general. Like, how do you incorporate that into your client work? Mm -hmm. And then as a a separate aside, your personal work for you. How do you incorporate that well-being into your client work? What is that? What is that? You've talked about talent. I know we have mental, mental, physical, yeah. um, all these things that are yeah. nutritional. We're all going into there, but yeah. how do you incorporate that into your client work? Yeah. So with client work, um, and this will just relate right back to all of that work done at Avera, all of that work done through the city of Sioux Falls, and now all of this incredible work as I step into entrepreneurship full time so exciting, but it's about that word capacity. Mm-hmm. So my model or my practice model, mm-hmm. the foundation of performance at the individual team organizational level is always about capacity. So capacity mm-hmm. is you, we put, we put that mind, body, spirit to priority first every day and at the end of each day. So the practice is your alarm goes off, you step up out of bed, stand yourself up and you make a decision. How am I going to lead myself today? And you do a quick capacity check. Where am I full? Where am I empty? And what do I need today to navigate through with success 
And then what do I need to do to fill capacity where I'm lacking or maintain and hold until I have that space and time to be able to fill that capacity? Because we're all energy. Yes, we are all energy. We have this beautiful, beautiful mind for thinking and creating, designing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have this incredible body to move, to drive results to physically move through the world. And we have this beautiful spirit for influencing. Um, So that's your capacity check. Okay. So whether you are an individual coaching client with me, if I'm coming in to help you do a culture recharge in your organization, because every organization has a culture. Sometimes we just need to check the capacity. Does it need a recharge and where does it need it? Oh, that's an awesome way to think about it. Yeah. So we build it in right there. We just say, what is the, what's the energy capacity of each of your individuals? What's the energy capacity of your leadership team? What's the energy capacity of your organization? And all of that drives your ability to think at your best, drive the best results and be a person of character. Where do you start in an organization? Are you Mm -hmm. starting, you know, do you, is best advice, like start at the leader level is it to start at the individual level because i could think of each individual could actually make all that energy happen in the same direction like think of what you could do or is it truly like a kind of a diagnosing a disease everybody's similar but very different so i've got to do it different for each business i I, tell me how do you totally nailed it it's like we're all the same because we're all human beings physiologically we function the same but what makes our unique gifts talent it's that that spirit piece that makes us all really unique and different those unique gifts and talents and skills uh that sharp piece of our mind what makes us tick and go so we're just delivering in different ways but at the mm-hmm. end of the day um you start with that leadership team always because they set the tone mm-hmm. they they drive mm-hmm. they they drive the way you talk, the way you vision, feel, the yeah. vision, right? Your values. Mm-hmm. So you always start with that senior leadership team. And once you know where the CEO is from a capacity standpoint, um, you then look to that. What what does the team around them look like? And you start to really dive into that team health. And by team health, now we're not just talking mind, body, spirit, which is the capacity to, you know, do great things. True. But we're also looking at team health from the standpoint, um, uh, do we have good psychological safety on that team? Are we open? Are we trusting? Are we vulnerable? Are we challenging one another at the table? Do we hold fear? Uh, Is some brilliant mind at the table holding back on something? Mm -hmm. Is the vision clear? Mm -hmm. Has that CEO set Mm -hmm. that vision in a really clear way that people can tangibly touch it, feel it and see it? And if not, we have to work on that. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. all the energy of these people in the organization, they're just scattered. They're just bumping into each other. Thinking of like, you know, at a molecular level, you can see like little atoms, like protons, (laughs) neutrons. So my mind immediately goes back to science and I'm seeing all these little things just going everywhere. Whereas if you get them all around in these little rings around this, you know, nucleus or something, it's like, let's get, let's come together. You just nailed it, which I think is why my kooky weird background if you will in all this science stuff 
can translate so well into business. It's so fun. I I am dying that you just said that. I'm loving it. <laughs> My mental picture right now is this. <laughs> yes. That's exactly it. So, oh, yeah. fun. So you start with the leaders. So how do you do that yourself? How are you doing that for you? How do you, you know, yeah. you know, you clearly have a lot of energy. You're, and I want to talk about your your mantra of like, I take things two steps at a time. Like, so you've got a lot going on. So how do you do that for you? Mm-hmm. Some days are easier than others. Yeah. And, and I think that's reality. It's complete reality. And grace. Yes. But some days are easier than others. Yes. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Please. No. But I'd be remiss and doing anyone who's going to listen to this podcast a disservice if I said some bouncy Pollyanna sort of answer to that. That's just not real. Like, let's be real. Um, (laughs) I will say this, though, that I am a fitness junkie, right? Always have been. So there's a do for you. It's an, I think it's an addiction. So if I don't move, Mm -hmm. like if, you know, over the holidays, this is hard. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, the really cold weather without being able to move a couple days of sitting still. And I get a little jumpy, Mm -hmm. a little antsy. And that's when my husband will say, do you need to go for a run today? Do you, (laughs) right? Which is a really, I actually think we're sisters and we never knew it. (laughs) I love it, <laughs> which is a really kind way of him actually making sure that my capacity is well. And he's coaching me. That's how I look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you do it? Yeah. Uh, I can't live without it. It is whether it's a great run out in nature or mm-hmm. if it's a, a really great spin class or, you know, the step mill or even just an easy day on the elliptical. There's so much synergy that just happens to release the tension, release the stress, you let it all go. Mm -hmm. And I, I come out of every workout with a newer sense of clarity. And obviously, you know, the physiological effects, right? Mm -hmm. Bliss hormones raise up, stress hormones raise down or go down, raise down. Goodness, Rana, go down. So that fuels you, that keeps you in check, that helps you to remember a moment of who am I, where am I going? What do I want to do? Mm -hmm. So I would say it isn't just going to the gym. Mm -hmm. It isn't just going for a run. There's a, there's a purpose in there Mm -hmm. that I make sure that there's intentional space where I get to check in with myself Mm -hmm. and I get to check in with what am I doing? Where am I going? Mm -hmm. How do I want to be? And where do I want to go? Sometimes there's tears with that right? Sometimes there's um, absolute elation and joy, sometimes uh, complete scared to death. How am I going to do this? How am I going to tackle that? But mm-hmm. you you gain so much self-confidence out of, a, out of a workout. And then the collegiality, if you will, the social part of it with those friends that you see at the gym. And so there's a whole network of good things that happen when you move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. You're an avid runner. Uh, so how many pairs of running shoes do you own? At the moment, I probably have about six. I would say six. Clearly it doesn't sound like enough. No. I mean, you need running shoes from no. multiple different environments, there are right? never enough. <laughs> Trail shoes, cold <laughs> shoes, hot <laughs> shoes, speed shoes cross-training shoes that are yes amen well yeah. from someone who likes shoes herself yeah. yes I, yeah. I I appreciate that yeah. um speaking of shoes uh this is completely off topic for entrepreneurship what is it about red boots 
You have like you have a, this thing for red boots. Red boots. I just love red boots. Just a, one pair. Red. Do you have more than one pair? At the moment, I only have one pair. Okay. But when I, you know, when with when this, do you, when do you wear them? What makes you wear them? Um, lots of good things. So one is <laughs> anytime there's celebration, right? Like New Year's Eve, your birthday, my son's birthday, you pull out the red boots, you got to pull out the red boots, but celebration, there are client days that are red boot, boot days too. So when I have the honor, when I ask someone and I say, I would love to do business with you. I would love to say that you're my client and I'd love to help you and your leadership team reach the next next level. So once you schedule that first session with that team, that's a red boot day. That's a red right? boot day. That's, a red boot day. Yeah. that's, that's just, everyone kind of has a, a signature thing. And it's like something similar. Yeah, they make me feel good or they do this, but there's sometimes a symbolism behind it yeah. too. And, and, and what that means. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about, or you mentioned actually creativity, energy. Mm. Did you ever feel like you were a creative person and how do you feel like you're creative now you said your role with the city took a lot of creativity mm-hmm. did you always feel like you were a creative person I mean we always sometimes think of artistry but there's other ways to be oh. creative tell me about your creativity absolutely we're all creative every day so we we don't necessarily recognize it I don't think because we do or an inner artist I think that was a term that mm. you had used at one time yeah So my grandmother, actually my grandmother on both sides of my family were very creative, Um, sewing, gardening, um, decorating the house, uh, painting. Uh, So they had a really nice, I think, influence on me as a a young girl. Um, So I think some of the creativity is a little bit inherited, but it was certainly brought out uh, by my grandparents, by my grandmother. So, um, mm-hmm. and then always had a love for art class. So I always had this PE and art being sort of mm-hmm. the two kind of fun classes. And I think they lend well to one another because the more fit that we are and the more that we move and take care of ourselves, the more creative that we tend to be because those Tell things me about that. Cause you wouldn't think that that would go together. So how does that, how does that make you more creative? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are um, uh, a few things, you know, one we've kind of talked about a little bit is just the fact that you have this cascade of great things that happen inside you physically, right? When you, when you exercise and move. So you've got a little more energy or literally makes you smarter. Um, so it turns on some of these talents and skills that you have inside of you to pull that creativity out. Um, I think it also is a way that, um, you know, like you said, you can be creative in many different ways. So that social aspect of, let's just say a fitness class, that gets those creative juices flowing through conversations with others. Mm -hmm. And you can go forth and take those ideas or that energy and that inspiration and Mm -hmm. put it into, into more motion. Um, But creativity, like you said, that comes in so many different ways, Mm -hmm. shapes. It doesn't have to be put in a box in terms of art. Yeah, I had never like looked at, you know, myself as somebody who is a creative type. 
And then yet, as I've grown mm-hmm. as, as an individual, and you start to know yourself better. You're like, ah, and how I also feel exercise helps bring out some like, like thought processes of like, oh, like problem solving. Oh, you know, it's like, it's not always perfect, but at least it allows you to start creatively trying to problem solve. It clears your head in a way to be able to maybe see things a little bit differently. Clarity through that. But you've create your creativity also comes through in the fact that you've built a practice. You've built a business. That's creativity. It truly is those industrial athletes that we talked about earlier <laughs> love that industrial they they are they they are they creating are. so we're creating it all the time talk to me a little bit about mm-hmm. um workforce uh, sustainability mm-hmm. what does that what is that and how does what you do help try to sustain um grow uh, and you know impact what's happening within four walls of a business mm-hmm. So sustainability, meaning that you are able to attract, retain, grow on a consistent basis. You're laughing. I'm giggling right now because it seems like that's like the world's problems right oh. now. And, and I, even my colleagues all across the nation, it's like, so I'm giggling, you know, attract, attain, you know, attain maintain and, and grow them. Oh. It's what we all want to do constantly, but we're feeling like we're constantly doing that. So what's advice, you know, if even yeah. three pearls for, you know, workforce sustainability, what might yeah. they be? Yeah. So we talked earlier about you, like it starts with you that very inner circle of influence, you as a leader. So to attract, to retain, and then honestly to grow, you as a leader of your organization, whatever level of leadership that you sit in, you want to be sure that you are continuously working on you because you are an energy that radiates out that your team, your people, and your customers can feel. So that's always an easy first step is Are you at your best most of the time? Not all the time. That's not realistic. Thank you. Because it's not realistic. realistic. Yeah. No, no. Um, That is going to keep people because they like the way you run. They like the way things work around here. So that helps them to stay. Um, I think another quick pearl, I guess, if you will, of wisdom. is holding accountability to what you say is important as an organization. So if these are the values that we say are important to be successful in our business, you have to hold people accountable to that. So we want to lean in to conflict and lean into that tension versus avoiding it. And I always love, love the phrase, don't trade short-term discomfort for long-term dysfunction. It's actually an act of love to lean in and help someone see that they aren't behaving or they aren't um, performing or they aren't achieving what they could. Mm. And how can I help you do that? It's not mine to own. That's yours to own. I think that would be another pearl of wisdom within that accountability piece is never take ownership of how a, how a colleague or a team member might be, that's not yours to own. It's yours to help coach them up and mentor them along 
and find success, whether that's in your organization or somewhere else, because there's nothing worse than that one little turd <laughs> who then puts stink all over everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to be tough, mm -hmm. got to be strong in that and know what you stand for and what's important. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like parenting, is it not? Mm -hmm. it, yes, it is. Yeah. How do you grow that muscle? Um, that muscle to, yeah. to be that mm -hmm. and to be able to hold people accountable. So I think that's a, it's a, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, look, people just show up, do the right thing and did it. We wouldn't have an issue, but oh, wait a minute. That's my viewpoint. Yet. How do we, I think, yeah. Like, how do we do that? Yeah. I always uh, talk about practice. Mm -hmm. What is your leadership practice? So that that's for each of us individually, but that's also for that senior leadership team and the leadership team below that and below that and below that, because really everyone in your organization is a leader. You're mm -hmm. just a leader at a different, at a different level. level. Leader Amen. At a different level. I love that. Yep. Yep. So, so when you say you have a team of leaders, you really do want a team of leaders. You do. You really do. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what does that practice look like at the very top? And it really is a practice just like you practice medicine. Um, lawyers practice the first time legal. it's always uncomfortable the next time it's a little less uncomfortable right. the next time it's a little right. easier and then you grow that muscle right. and you grow that mm -hmm. muscle but you put a stake in the ground as a leadership team to say this is how we do accountability and this is how we practice it um i was with uh first bank and trust at their uh, uh their conference a few months ago and it was the power of purpose and I'll never, the panel that I was on was talking about mental health in the workplace. And the question was, how do you tackle that? And my answer was, how do you practice leadership? Mm. If you want to make a difference in the mental health of your people, you have to look at how do we practice leadership? Mm. What is your practice? What do we say is valuable and important? And how do we do that? How do you show up each day as a leader? And it gets exhausting to talk about it, but it's also completely invigorating because your identity is that that's your energy, right? Like, how do you want to show up each day? How do we practice? So as you, you as a leader and as a leadership team have to say, what is that one little thing we're going to practice? And then, like you said, master it, it becomes muscle memory, master it. Mm. But the end of the day, I think truly it's about seeing people with the ultimate respect. It's like having spinach in your teeth. <laughs> you want to tell somebody, you would want someone to tell you if you have spinach in your teeth. How does the ultimate respect relate to spinach? Yes. Well, we're going to hear it right yeah. now. <laughs> That's good. That's really what it's about. So how do you help people see you've got some spinach in your teeth? I mean, keep it simple. Don't let yourself get emotionally hijacked in the tension. You're actually serving someone by helping them see. And then you listen and you have a great conversation about it. And then before you know it, it's easy. Because it comes from a place of great intent. The intent. The intent. Yeah. Yeah. What do you believe are some of the qualities you have seen in great leaders. Mm -hmm. When you're working with organizations, I'm sure you've worked with so many leaders, you're able to like, these are some good qualities. Here's some, 
like we need to work on those qualities, things that can make or break organizations. Do you have, here's some top ones and here's some things that I worry about when I see this. Yeah. For a business, for the health of a business and the culture. Absolutely. One attribute that you'll find in a great, great leader is humility. The, The ability to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the answers. I'm not everything. Uh, So being humble Mm -hmm. certainly creates an incredible level of trust and respect uh, across the table and down throughout your whole organization. When that ego gets a bit big, um, you start to see um, some of those self-even defeating behaviors when that ego gets a little too mm-hmm. large and there's a, there's a red flag and you think you, you, we could use a humbling experience for you mm-hmm. to help you see that the world is not about you or for you as much as you'd like to, your ego is not your amigo. Um, <laughs> That's right? another good pearl. Your ego is not, not your, your amigo. amigo. <laughs> I could all use buttons on that, right? <laughs> That's good. Let's just, let's, let's make the, get those made. You can hand those out to all your clients, you know, for your team meetings. Um, I think another is a leader who's constantly curious if there was ever a time in the world. And of course we would say this because this is the time in the world that we're living in, but you must be curious, just incredibly curious about why, 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 why? You know, in safety, there's this uh, root cause analysis called the five whys. Uh, EOS system kind of uses that as well. Traction uses that as well. It's really not five whys. It's really 500 whys that when you're sitting with someone and I can feel it just sitting here, even with you, your curiosity is just oozing. Like (laughs) what else is there? What more, what, what's, what's underneath the surface on that? Like what's, What's beyond merely apparent? Don't just take what you see. You got to dig a little and get really curious. Great leaders are super curious Mm -hmm. and that helps them to be really creative too. Because until you hear the other voices, until you see those other perspectives, you're not able to creatively put the right puzzle pieces together to get the solution and the answer and the, the pretty picture that you're looking for. Do you like puzzles? I do like puzzles. Curious. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm just curious. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. I'm shaking my head. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. And I think laughter. So. Oh. Laughter is a huge, like, don't <laughs> take yourself too damn seriously. Come on. I think uh, laughter and humor is a great leadership attribute because mm. sometimes you need to break the ice and lighten the load so that people don't, they can relax. And when you're relaxed, you can do your, do your best. <laughs> you, I alluded to it earlier and I wanted to get to it. So I want to do that before we, before we end. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something I read about um, taking two steps at a time in life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are afraid to take a step. Um, unfortunately, sometimes we take backward steps. Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't mean to. Hopefully we learn from them. Take yeah. two steps the next time. Yeah. Um, what does that mean for you in your life? Mm-hmm. That starts uh, from childhood. I'm not going to unpack like my whole childhood story or anything. Don't worry. Part two. Everybody (laughs) gets As an only child, we all have strains in family situations. And with a father that drank a bit and a mom suffering from mental health, uh, it was me 
I needed to figure it out. I had to figure it out, which probably set me up to be a pretty good, gritty, tough athlete mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. a pretty good entrepreneur and entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that take life two steps at a time wisdom to some extent came at a bit of an early age that you get to live once and you might as well go for it. And again, having that real sense of understanding that inner purpose that uh, there's a better way there's always we can do. And that also drives people totally crazy. You should drive people crazy at the city and my clients get a little nutty with me too. Like when is good enough? Good enough. It's never good enough, but you do learn to pause, celebrate the wins and, and, and just, you know, sit in that space for a little bit and then, then it's time to go again. So I think, I think that's two steps at a time, baby. Yeah. Yeah. When I was thinking about that, it made me wonder, you know, for you, where your next two steps are taking you, mm-hmm. you know, so you just started, um, your own business. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you've had kind of one on the side for a, a little few years. Side for a long time. Yeah. 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 And now tell us what you're doing right now. Yeah. So this summer, a longtime colleague of mine got a hold of me, um, said, you know, my business is really growing would you be interested in partnering with me? What an honor, right? Like what an honor for someone to say, come in, let's go, let's go play. Let's go do some great things together. So we had some really meaningful, rich conversations about where do you want it to go? What can the, what can that vision look like? Um, how are you currently serving? What could that growth look like? And all of that really exciting conversation. So now I enter into a partnership, which is fantastic. And we get to just go conquer the world, Mm -hmm. uh, helping businesses get and grow the right talent, define and design a a high-performing culture, and then really helping them figure out what is that vision for your business Mm -hmm. and what are those KPIs that are going to get you there. Mm -hmm. So taking a really holistic view of the organization from, from really that organizational health, like where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And how do we get your people really healthy and well and aligned to this beautiful vision with great performance indicators to just crush it? It's so rewarding. Mm. It is so rewarding. Just like you alluded to earlier to see a leadership team come together and co-create this five-year, three-year plan with a 10-year vision, and then go back into their organization and spread that energy and invite their people to come into that journey, that's flourishing. That is creating an incredible community because when your people are well, your business is well, and our communities are well. Because when your employees walk out of the door, every day they walk out and they're citizens in our community. And it's just this reciprocal uh, energy. So mm-hmm. that's what I get to mm-hmm. do now. Instead of being just inside the walls of the city, um, my itch was to finish my career, run in my own show, and I get to do it with a business partner now. So, so lucky you're, you're extremely, yes. and, but you, you also, 
you create that energy that you want to be. You, you do. you've done Don't you, you? you put in some of the work beforehand that you didn't even know was leading you to where you're at today. Mm -hmm. And who knows? What's I mean, next? you're entrepreneur, speaker, author. You've got a whole bunch of like who knows where that's going to head mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. So I'm going to let us, you know, kind of tie the tie the bow on our yeah. our talk today. I don't want to you know, we've, we've been talking for a while and I thank you so much for Likewise. wonderful advice for um, entrepreneurs, leaders, but also thinking about in a whole different fashion, what is the well-being of your business? We've talked finances. I've talked before about culture, but not in this fashion with the whole mind, body, health in a different way of thinking. And it, it's beautiful that in you, um, I've also been able to find somebody that it's like our thought processes, like they align, they just came from a very different spot. And so to be able to take, I mean, that I call that beautiful. I think that that's a beautiful, you know, sense of energy, but to then have somebody like you, some of our listeners might be like, I want that for my organization, mm -hmm. or I want to bring that here that the the health of yes you have to have financial health you have to have all these things but that doesn't usually ever come unless this other stuff is Comes there and it. do you ever feel really as fulfilled unless you have that that whole culture oh that gosh. creative energy behind what a great it great way to say that yes so yes. thank you so much you. for coming on today and visiting with us and what spending was. time with me so um i appreciate you sharing how you stay clear mm -hmm. and how your clarity in your own personal life is hopefully helping others um, reach their potential in their personal as well as their entrepreneurial lives so yes. thank you so much for spending time with us today This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.